Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest in this episode is Jennifer Garman. Jennifer grew up with the belief that she was not as important as everyone else, that she should sacrifice herself, her happiness, everything she wanted in order to better somebody else's life. Layered on top of that was the belief that everything had to be perfect and she had control over everything in order to make it so. 10 years ago, Jennifer thought she had it all. Three kids, a dream job, a great life. Then the rug was pulled out from under her. That great life unraveled in health crisis after health crisis. For seven years, Jennifer went from doctor to doctor looking for help. Each one prescribed a different drug, but none of them helped solve the underlying issues. Eventually, she was led down the path to exploring the role our thoughts and the feeling of gratitude plays in health. Once she finally found all the pieces to the solution, her health was completely restored in less than 30 days. Yes, you heard correctly. She was healed from years of overwhelm, fear, anxiety, stress, insomnia, and isolation in one month's time. In our conversation here, we talk about how she came to discover those pieces to the solution, taking inspired action, the mind-body connection, quantum physics, don't worry, not too much in depth on that, and of course, more on the gratitude. Quick reminder, for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is a Four-Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. The weeks, months, and years are flying by. Kids are growing up, parents are passing away, and you're looking at either your spouse or your career, or maybe both, wondering, do I want to spend the next 20 years the same way I've spent the last 20? If you've been living your life stuck at fine for a while now, frustrated because you don't see a way out, listen up, my friend. It is possible to move from fine to fantastic, and you deserve to be better than fine. Join my upcoming free workshop to find out how I found clarity, passion, and peace around which direction to go in this next stage of life, and how you can too. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more and to sign up. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Jennifer Garman. Jennifer and I met actually when I heard her on our mutual friend Lisa um, Lisa David Olson's podcast. And then I, I realized Jennifer was kind of local to my area and reached out and we started this 
a conversation, and here we are <laughs> on my podcast now. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Lori. So happy to be here. Well, let's dive into the first question that I'm always so curious about, which is, what are the beliefs or values that were instilled in you as you were growing up that have uh, played a part in who you've become? <laughs> so many fun things. <laughs> first and foremost, um, you know that you are not as important as everybody else. I think that was the one that was just pushed on me, or that at least I picked up on, is that everybody before you and you should sacrifice yourself, your happiness, you know, everything that you want to, you know, better somebody else's life or be, you know, of service or, you know, w whatever you want to insert there. I think that was probably the most detrimental one that I can think of. Um, and then also that just the perfectionist tendencies that came through of, you know, you can control all these things and you have to do all these things the right way. And the, the illusion of control, I should say, that I <laughs> so blatantly hit me in the face later in life. <laughs> Those are the two that most strikingly I remember and recall from my early childhood that um, has played a part later in life. Were they openly like express to you that this is how you have to be? Or is this something that you took on in, in yourself? And the reason I'm asking that is because that perfectionist thing wasn't something that was put on me, but it was something that I somehow picked up on or, or pulled, like made myself be the perfectionist. Yeah, you know, I think that a little of both, to be honest, I think that it was modeled. And I think that we tend to mirror our models early in life. And um, I don't know that it was, you know, forced down my throat, but it was definitely um, spoken about in a roundabout way, if that makes sense. Um, that, you know, this is how we should be. And this is, you know, what we should do. And this is, you know, the, the right way to act. And, you know, this is what the way things are. Um, and I didn't know any different. And so it all kind of just, I soaked it all in as a sponge would. Um, growing sure. up. And, you know, that just became part of my personality and who I was and what I did. And uh, it had some repercussions later on, but I had no idea um, how much damage it could do. So, how, yeah, how did that play out? Oh, yeah. So uh, there, there's lots of different ways, but the, probably the most significant way was that, you know, the, this illusion of control is the way I lived for so many years to the point mm -hmm. where I thought I was doing great and I had this plate full of crap and I just, I it was juggling so much that instead of having the thought of like, wait, I should kind of, you know, purge my plate a little bit and get rid of stuff. I kind of precariously added to it and had more and more balancing on this like little teeter tottering plate um, is that illusional image that, I, that comes to mind that was just a ticking time bomb. And it sure enough, it caught up to me at one point. <laughs> well, you know, that's so common. So many women and people, men and women, are feel like, okay, I, I got this. I can do this. Like the, there's something wrong with you if you can't balance 500 plates at one time. And yes. to then when you have 500 to go, 501, sure, bring it on. And almost congratulate yourself. Like, look at all I'm doing. I'm awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I can I multitask if, the crap out of I mean, I you. have lived in other parts of the country, but yeah. Well, and it's so you and I live in the DC metro area where I think it's amplified even more than in other parts. It's certainly in other parts of the country, but I think here, I mean, I remember overhearing conversations when I used to take the metro. You know, people are like almost bragging about how many hours they work and how busy they are. Mm hmm. Yep. I hear it all the time. Yes, the pride factor going along with it. Right. Like, like this is right. This is something I should be proud of that I, I have 502 plates spinning and none of them have hit the ground yet. Yeah. So, what happened then? <laughs> I, so, you're spinning all these plates and so I got, yeah, I dancing got all this like a, a circus. <laughs> Yeah, got all this stuff on my plate, on my tippy toes, you know, my little nose above water as best I can do. And then one day my health just was pulled out from under me like a rug, like like almost like a light switch flipping off. And it was the beginning of a downward spiral for the next seven years of health crisis after health crisis, after, you know, mystery diagnosis to the next. And it was... um, It was an awfully dark time in my life where I just, my body just shut down and said that, you know, you're not doing anything, so I'm just going to shut down on you because we can't go on like this. (laughs) Did you have any warning signals up to that point or do you think you had any and you just didn't pay attention to them? You know, that's a good question. And I look back and I think that maybe there may have been a straw or two here. I had... um, I had a vaccine that was like a three-in-one vaccine, a booster, um, when I cut myself on something that could have been rusty. And then I had a root canal. And then I had some questionable mold in my house. But it wasn't like that, you know, that happened. And then the following week, my health fell off a cliff. It was like in conjunction, but it wasn't to the point where it was like, oh, yeah, obviously, that was the catalyst. That's what did it. So I don't really know because I wasn't, it wasn't a particularly stressful time. There wasn't anything I was going through. I was sleeping great. I was handling life great. And just one night, I just had absolute, complete and absolute insomnia. And then that went on from night to night to night to the point where I dragged myself into my doctor's office going, I have to sleep. I'm going insane. And that turned into taking this prescription and then that prescription and then another symptom popped up. And then lo and behold, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease shortly after that. And it just kept snowballing on itself. And instead of getting better and getting symptom resolution, I was adding symptoms <laughs> to my, my, so, my so-called plates. I was carrying more and more symptoms with me and baffling doctors going like, you know, I don't know, but let's try this and throwing spaghetti at the wall here and there for different things that didn't take or work. Wow. How long ago was this? This was back in 2010, 11-ish um, that everything just unraveled for me. And how long did you were you on the journey to figure out how to solve this it mystery? It was a seven-year journey. Okay. And yes. so, so you were to come back, you know, we're on fine is a four-letter word. Everything was fine <laughs> up to that everything point. Everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> And then everything was not fine. And then what was, uh, so you're going to all these doctors. None of them could figure out what, they were just adding more uh, medications. Because yeah. that's what Band-Aids. doctors love to do. I call them Band-Aids <laughs> and the prescription of prescription drugs. Yeah, it's, it's um, 
And they, they it's not to their fault or discredit because they have just a li- very small amount of time to spend with you. So mm-hmm. I, I don't fault them whatsoever. They were trying their very best, but the best they can do was offer like a Band-Aid solution for a symptom or two and just wait and see if it helped. And unfortunately, I feel like I took on way too many prescription meds and um, kind of ended up in a worse place, so to speak, than had I not gone that route. But I didn't know any different. I thought, you know, our our medical system was there to help us and figure out what was wrong. And I thought I was doing everything to um, my best uh, knowledge uh, to help myself the best way. What happened? What did you reach a point where you just said, all right, medical, traditional medicine is not helping me. I need I to did. find something else. What was, what was your, again, your final straw in that part of the journey? It wasn't really a final straw as, as more, um, I kind of ran out of options. You know, I'd seen all the specialists. I'd seen um, uh, all of the recommendations the doctors had for me to try. And it kind of got to the point where like, well, there's acupuncture. Have you tried that yet? And I'm like, no, let's go give it a shot. And so I tried acupuncture. I tried um, chiropractic. I tried all of the alternative modalities, which, you know, it did help slightly. Um, They did have slight benefits to them. Um, I would say more so than Western medicine in my case, but it didn't really pinpoint and help with the crux, which are the root cause of my problem. So Mm -hmm. I felt like that was still underlying there. What was your next, like, keep going on this journey? Okay, so I did find all the alternative stuff towards the end. So maybe I didn't give it enough time to work. I I will uh, throw um, uh, that out there that maybe that, you know, I just didn't give it enough time. But I got to this point at that I was just like, exasperated. And I'm like, you know, I have tried absolutely everything. And I'm not any better. Uh, I didn't feel any better at the time. And I just didn't know what to do next. And I, it kind of got to this overwhelming feeling in me that like, you know, oh my gosh, just like, what if, what if, you know, and all these scenarios pop in your head. But I got this overwhelming calm and peace. And I just can't describe it as anything but that going. And I just got this clarity saying like, this is not terminal. You're going to recover from this. I don't know, you know, why that came in when it did. But shortly after that, the, uh, the opportunity to study to be a life coach um, was presented. And I decided that, you know what, I need a passion, I need something other than my health to focus on, because that had been my absolute focus, for, or my primary, I should say, focus for a good part of those seven years. And I needed something to take my mind off that. So I decided to study for my life coaching certification. And that led me down the path of, you know, the power of our thoughts and gratitude and neuroplasticity. And I really just started soaking all that up. And to the point of, you know, I went beyond my studies as a life coach and read authors like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and Norman Doidge and, you know, pioneers in neuroplasticity and, you know, um, mindset. And I was very, very intrigued of all of these, like, crazy things that people had done, like, you know, stage four cancer and, you know, uh, literally breaking your back and healing yourself with the power of your thoughts and mindset that I was just blown away. So that's at the point where I decided that, hey, all this kind of fell into place at the right time, because maybe because I was supposed to try it. (laughs) 
So that's what I did. I did. I um, I sat down with all the stuff that I had learned and I used gratitude as my root emotion. That was my pillar. And I brought neuroplasticity techniques in and I practiced that for hours a day. And it was within three days, I kid you not, that my energy shot through the roof. I felt uh, this amazing surge of uh, powerful energy, um, healing powerful energy. And I, I knew there was something profound about this. So I kept going. And within 30 days time, and not even not even a month's time, all my symptoms had resolved. That's unbelievable. It's it, it so incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I look at now myself going like, oh, I only had, you know, this you like mystery working? illness. I could still get out of bed, walk around and kind of drive a car and stuff. I wasn't like, you know, paralyzed from the neck down or, you know, stage four cancer or something like that. So I kind of looked at it like, you know, that this was incredible. Yes, but there's been people who have done way more incredible than what I did. And I still didn't believe that I did anything. Honestly, I thought that this was just a, you know, a happenstance still. I'm I'm trained as an engineer, so I'm trained to look at everything as a skeptic. <laughs> right, right. It's just a fluke. I don't know. <laughs> Back up a minute, though, because were you working when in those seven years when you were trying to find a solution and you were still suffering, were you working outside your house or I, you had young children that you were trying to take care of, right? I did. I had to leave my job that I absolutely love, my full-time job. I was doing part-time work, um, which didn't really account to even more than five hours a week. Um, and I could barely do that job. But um, that was my whole duration of the seven years. It's just very, very part-time, five-ish to 10 max hours a week. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Now I can. Okay. Did we glitch? Yeah. Okay. There's a little something there. Um, and you were taking care of young children at yes, the same time? Yes, young kids. It's interesting. So you didn't know anything about the power of the mind before you came before you started life coaching or training Nothing. to be a life coach? Nothing. That's I've always amazing heard of it. to me. Yeah. Power of positivity, all that. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. There's glass half full people. There's glass half empty people. I didn't really see a difference between the two. It's so interesting to me because I, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for so long, more than 20 years. So to me, being an entrepreneur is a, a lesson in personal development every single day. But people who are in corporate don't necessarily have those same, I don't want to say same resources, but they're not, they're not delving into personal development in the same way. So these concepts that seem so common to me, I have to realize are not common to everyone. And like you, you discovered it. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to say out of coincidence because we both know that's not a thing, but right <laughs> <laughs> when the time was right, but that you didn't know about them when you were still in corporate. Yeah, I didn't. And I think that the, a lot of that's changing. I think it's becoming much more mainstream, but back then I don't think that a lot of this was really talked about to the extent that it is now. Yeah. And I don't think that, that a lot of research was there yet either. I think there's a lot more research backing up all this that, you know, you can't just chalk it up to like, you know, woo woo good vibes anymore. There's like science backed research showing that this stuff is real. Yes. Yes. And, and so, right. That was the commonality because I was talking about gratitude back in 2003 with the gratitude cookies. And then gratitude has become your, your uh, favorite topic. 
And (laughs) so that's where we originally connected was over that topic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the, the research and studies that have been done on the, the power of gratitude and how it affects your, your biochemistry, your every aspect of your physical and emotional and mental state. Every cell, every cell of your body. So as does negative. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, you know, I always say I, I talk about visualization and using visualization, gratitude and visualization and meditation to reach your goals faster, to manifest the things that you want into your life. And then I talk about it works for bringing positive and negative. And what's the what what do you call visualizing negative things? That's what you just said. Worry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so your 30 days are up. You're completely healed. Every symptom was gone. I would not say that at that point I thought I was healed. I just thought that this was a, a strange coincidence that was going to come back to me at some point or another. Did you go back to doctors and they tested you and said, well, I don't see any evidence anymore? No, because there wasn't really anything concrete to test. I never had a actual diagnosis of 100% this was what was wrong with me. There were okay. stabs at like, you know, Lyme disease, mold toxicity, you know, those probably are the two most likely. Uh, but, you know, everybody has mold, you know, everybody's probably been exposed to bacteria or Lyme-like spiracites, you know, in their life. And some people get sick and many people don't. So it, I truly believe that the power that we have over ourselves is way above and beyond any environmental factor that we can get hit with. So I, you know, and I did not understand this at the time. So I really, after those 30 days, did a deep dive into all the research. And that's when I kind of looked at the books more, not so much as like, you know, wow, look at these miracle stories, but like what's behind why this worked, you know? And that's where a a lot of Joe Dispenza's work came in because he's really put those two connections together, the like the how, why, and the science and the research. And I was just, uh, my mind was blown when it came to, you know, finding out all that's been looked into and done in this area. And that's when I started to believe that like, okay, I very well may be fully healed. And sure enough, I was. Why do you think so many people don't want to believe that mind-body connection exists or that it is as powerful as it is? I think it just comes down to Newtonian physics. People don't understand And scientists even say that they do not understand quantum physics. But the reality is we are all energy. Everything in our life, everything in this universe is energetic. But we see it as a table. We don't see it as energy because it has solid form that we can touch and feel. So our mind will want to go to that Newtonian physics. Like, I need to touch it. I need to see it. There needs to be a cause and effect that I can understand. And it's such a jump to say like, okay, I'm going to be open to all of this is energy and this table's not really real, it's just energy. And that's a huge leap of faith that some people just can't wrap their head around. And I think that's kind of the the underlying reason why a lot of people can't go there. I am fascinated by this whole topic because if there is something that could heal you that is as simple as 
thinking good thoughts. I mean, there's a little bit more to it than that, but it, that is more, essentially, yeah. <laughs> that is essentially what it is. If you want to boil it down to its simplest form, why would we not want to uh, employ this, this tool, if you will? Yeah, I think a lot of people get there out of desperation going, I've tried everything else that I understand. I'm just going to give this a try too. But I think that, uh, you know, maybe it's stubbornness too, that, you know, we don't want to dive into something that we don't get or doesn't make sense. Um, Who knows? Who knows? I think that people just, you know, they need to be open-minded. And I think that we can all see how close-minded we're getting with all of this political and COVID and all the stuff that's going on. We're going in the wrong direction with open-mindedness. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we I need would to agree be going in the opposite way. We need to be open-minded. We need to see other people's views and opinions and be open to the fact that you know we don't understand and know everything. And there's you know boundless potential out there that could benefit us. Yes. Yeah. So now are you on a quest to help other people understand how to use their mind to heal themselves? Where where have you taken all of this information? Yeah. So I am now a mindset coach. I help overstressed, um, overwhelmed women, um, particularly moms uh, that are working. Uh, those have tended to be my clients that come to me and just say, like, I, I don't know what else to do. I'm at my wit's end. And something's got to change, but I just don't know what. And we kind of dive in and we just go through, you know, finding that root cause and finding, you know, techniques and uh, modalities that can help them quickly overcome the challenges that they're dealing with. And gratitude is a huge part of that. Um, that's it's something that's part of every day of my life. It's part of everything I share. It's what I believe was the center point of what healed me was that focus on gratitude And it just gets you completely out of the negative when you go to gratitude. You can't be angry, depressed, or anxious and grateful at the same time. It's just, it's impossible to be any of those negative states while you're grateful. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so powerful. What exactly did you do in terms of seeing more, seeing or feeling more gratitude when you were in the process of healing yourself, one, and two, what is, what are the the things that you do on a daily basis now to be in gratitude. What did I do specifically when I healed? Is that what you asked? Yeah. Those first 30 days, what were you doing to specifically? So specifically, I was saying that, you know what, I choose not to be sick and I choose not to have these symptoms. And what I choose to have is this life that, you know, was vibrant, um, passionate, energetic, uh, full of life. And I focused on that state that I wanted to be. And I was grateful for the state. Without being in that state, I was grateful for the state that I knew was coming. I had to have trust and faith, and I did, that it was coming. And I just focused on that with all of my senses. And I did that meditation for hours a day, where I just focused on that state, how it felt, how it smelled. Um, For some reason, it smelled like sunscreen. (laughs) And I don't know where that came from, but that's what it smelled like. Just a really good, like, you know, banana boat sunscreen. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right. And I got to the point where I just got goosebumps of how good it felt. And I just relished in that um, with gratitude for that future feeling um, as long as I could possibly hold on to it. And I had to play around with it because, you know, certain states that I would pull from in the past where I had that feeling would fade and I'd have to go to different memories to pull that full feeling in. So it wasn't always sunscreen, but that was the one that I remembered first. 
And um, day after day, I would do this focus, you know, meditation um, and bring gratitude in and just just with all my senses completely feel it. And I would do I would do neuroplasticity techniques too. I would brush my teeth with my uh, left hand. I would try and get dressed backwards. I would take showers in the dark. I would do things to just you know change things up. Um, as well as I took on juggling. So after I would do this, you know, meditation that, uh, you know, where I felt so myself in the future, I would juggle and I would drop a lot of things at first, but I got kind of good at juggling because <laughs> you want to ingrain those pathways quicker. That's part of neuroplasticity is the more you just change things up, you want to then ingrain this in your brain like, hey, this is something we're going to come back to a lot. So get that in there quick. <laughs> so you went to the juggling the actual literally juggling juggling beanbags instead yes. of right instead of juggling the 500 different tasks and things that you had been <laughs> doing 7 years prior i got gotcha. you okay i did i went to i went to from juggling back to juggling yeah i didn't never, never thought of it like that <laughs> <laughs> okay all right and uh which is the when I create the customized gratitude meditations for clients that what you were doing instinctively is exactly what I'm doing with them as I take them through the meditations, which is the visualizing and the feeling as if it's already happening. Because as you know, the brain doesn't know the difference. Exactly. It feels and it, it feels and sees whatever you're visualizing as if it's happening right, th- right now. Right. And that's, yeah. that's very powerful. What's your practice now? Uh, my practice is different day to day. Um, it's always got gratitude in it, but um, it's now more sore towards, you know, what I see with my career and with the ways I'm going to help people. And I'm getting into speaking. So, you know, my speaking events that are coming up and I always put, you know, position it that I'm so grateful in people that I'm helping and keep it very service oriented because that's what drives me. It's what gets me up in the morning. The, the passion that I have to help people so that they don't spend seven years. Hopefully they don't even spend, you know, seven weeks feeling Mm -hmm. like I did. And Mm -hmm. that they can understand that there's so many modalities and things out there that they may never have heard of that can help incredibly in their lives. Fantastic. All right, before we go, I have two, two more questions for you. One is, so we've been speaking about how to get yourself into that state of feeling good and feeling better. What's the song that you go to when you want to get charged up? I actually have a playlist on my Amazon um, uh, Echo, Alexa, whatever you call it, and it's called Happy Songs. So I just say, Alexa, play Happy Songs. Love it. <laughs> and I've got like 20 songs on there, but my two favorite ones, and this is a, it's a dead tie because I, I, it, it, they both just energize me. Um, Top of the World by Imagine Dragons. And Best Day of My Life by American Authors. I love those two songs. They instantly put me in like a feel good, like I got it mode. Yes. Oh, I love both of those too. All right. Well, we will put links to those songs in the show notes. And then if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about how you overcame the the challenges that you had, if they're interested in working with you, how does someone reach you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. So um, Jennifer Garman, a mindset coach on LinkedIn, they can reach me at my email, which is thegratitudemission at gmail.com or through my website, which is Jennifer Garman, spelled with A-N, um, dot X-Y-Z. Okay. And we will put 
that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jen, for on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. It's been great. You know I love talking about gratitude and the mind-body connection. So I really enjoyed today's conversation. Here are a few key takeaways for you and a challenge. Number one, Jennifer followed a hunch to study for her life coaching certification. She took inspired action. And then that inspired action led her down the path of learning about the power of thoughts and gratitude and neuroplasticity, which ultimately led to her finding a remedy to all her ailments through using the power of her mind to control and direct her thoughts. So two points out of this one key takeaway. One, we talk about this a lot. Not simply taking random 24-7 hustle action. Taking inspired action. Allowing yourself to hear messages from the universe, from your higher power. They are always coming to you. The answers to every single challenge you're facing exist. You have to allow yourself to hear them. Give yourself the space for them to come in. And two, if you take away nothing else from listening to this show, take this. Your mind is incredibly powerful. Your thoughts control your actions and therefore the outcomes you're getting in life. When you live in fear and worry, you'll see the results of that. When you live in gratitude and joy, you'll see the results of that too. Takeaway number two, we talked about how everything is energy back in episode 16 with Tabitha Scott. Interestingly, both Tabitha and Jennifer come from engineering backgrounds. Most scientists and engineers are taught cause and effect. You have to see something first before you can understand it. This idea that everything in our world is made up of energy, quantum physics, requires us to trust in things we can't see, to see them in our minds before we see them in our reality. Now, let's draw the line from that idea to being open-minded in all areas of life. We need to see other people's views and opinions and be open to the fact that we don't understand and know everything. There's boundless potential out there that could benefit us. Number three, Jennifer and I share the passion for spreading the word about the power of gratitude. Because gratitude affects your biochemistry, it affects every aspect of your physical and emotional and mental state, every cell in your body. You can't be angry, depressed, or anxious and grateful at the same time. It's impossible to be any of those negative states while you're grateful. A lot of medical science hasn't caught up to this concept yet, that this method of healing is possible. Jennifer used gratitude along with neuroplasticity as the main tools for healing her body from its dis-ease. She focused on feeling gratitude for her complete health and recovery without actually being in that state yet. She was grateful for the state she knew was coming. She had to have trust and faith that it was coming. And then she focused on that with all her senses. Listen, she spent four hours a day in meditation. That's a lot of time. But her only other choice was to live with all those horrible conditions and dis-ease. And when she put that much focus on healing herself, it only took her 30 days to fix herself permanently. She is not an isolated case. 
you might be listening skeptically right now. And that's cool. I encourage you to check out the work of the people she mentioned for yourself. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, and Norman Dodge. Do your own research. Experiment with these techniques in your own life. Once you do that, reach out to me and let's chat. I'd love to hear about your experiences. Lastly, Jennifer's got a book called Flourish, Seven Ways Gratitude Can Transform Your Life. You can get that at her website, gratitudemission.org. And you can get 25% off everything site-wide there with the code GRATEFUL. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>